All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to have you here. If you're live streaming with us today, it is Friday. So happy Friday to you. I hope you've had a good week. It's been a productive week around here and um, looking forward to a little bit of rest this weekend. I hope you get the same. For those of you that are live streaming, please don't be shy. Get involved today. Join the conversation. You could comment, ask questions, take advantage of this opportunity to uh, explore the wisdom of our brand new guest who I'm going to introduce here in just a second. But uh, yeah, take advantage of this opportunity. It's really one of the biggest benefits of this live stream. And then for for those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, make sure to come join us. If you follow us at Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast on Instagram, uh, you can keep up to date with the upcoming live stream schedule and come be part of this wonderful program. And uh, well, on that note, speaking of wonderful program, I want to introduce a brand new guest today. Uh, my, My new friend is here Walid Azimi thank you Walid for making so much time to to come hang out with us we had some good conversation previous to this and I'm excited to dig into it today yeah thank you thank you I'm excited to be here well and uh, for anybody who doesn't know you right off the bat I just want to go ahead and give you an opportunity before we get into the topic at hand which is, is a really interesting one one we've probably not even covered enough of here on the podcast uh, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself and your business to our listeners as a means of getting started Sure. Uh, thank you. First of all, well, hel- hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Walid Azami. So I'm a photographer. I'm a director. And now I'm also a creative director. I'm based out of Los Angeles, California. But I do, of course, travel all over for work. Um, I've had the great fortune uh, to work with a lot of names that you might recognize, whether they're celebrities or magazines or brands. Um, I've helped them with photo shoots or directing for them or even creative direction. But then the past six years, actually probably about six and a half years, I've been helping the photo community uh, through my Instagram and TikTok and YouTube channel and blog and all that, uh, just because it wasn't a very smooth road for me. And I wanted to make sure that I use my wins and my losses to make sure that other people have a smoother and safer road. And so that's why I'm on this podcast too. I love that. There's something, and you can probably relate to this, Waleed, there is something about... You know, as much information as we take in as individual business owners trying to be better for ourselves, there's something so fulfilling about being able to then share that with others, especially if it means that we can help them minimize the possibility of having to go through those same challenges that that we faced as we were kind of growing up in the business world, right? Yeah. And I think I think it's like, you know, I remember like in high school, I would hear teachers say, if I could just help one student, and I tell you every single time, Nathan, I would roll my eyes. But now... Now that I'm older, I know exactly what that means because it's like there's something so fulfilling in a whole different way than taking this incredible photo. But when you help somebody like, no pun intended, see that light or you get that little spark Mm. in them, Mm -hmm. you're like, ah, this is so cool. And actually helped. It it was the second tank of fuel for my career, basically, like watching new photographers do well because of some of the advice that you've shared with them and they're like oh my god i make more money now or i finally went full time it's like i needed that to continue on with my career so it's kind of selfish too it is kind of selfish but the cool thing is people benefit in the end right (laughs) i think as much as we're we're all trying to be better people there is there is an element of selfishness that's just innate to being a human being Uh, the question is are we adding more value than than i guess we're taking if you will And um, that's That's kind of my, that's really our primary goal here at the podcast. So I love that you start with that. And we've got a number of 
streamers with us today. Um, Sue is saying hello from Sun Valley, Idaho on YouTube. Hey, Sue. And uh, Patrick is saying hello from YouTube as well. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. And uh, Isabel is chiming in from Mexico. Thanks, Isabel, for saying hello. And for the rest of you that are live streaming, don't be shy. Jump in, comment, say hello, and uh, be part of this conversation. And Ed, by the way, um, Waleed, and, and my apologies, I, you caught me on um, your pronunciation of your last name. I think I replaced the I with an, or an A with an I or something like that there, but it is Azami. And my apologies for yeah. the, the, the yeah. mispronunciation there at the beginning. Uh, it's funny, I have a last name too, so I'm pretty set, or a last name that's sometimes mispronounced, so I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to that. My apologies, we'll get that right. No, you're and good. For, for everybody you. listening in, make sure too that you follow Waleed. If you go to, um, well, first of all, pull up his website here, Waleed Azami. It's W-A-L-I-D-A-Z-A-M-I.com. We'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And then follow him as well, Waleed.Azami on Instagram. We'll also link their beautiful, beautiful work too. So you'll find inspiration in that feed. And then we're going to come back and talk about his education, photographybusinesscourse.com. Um, later on in the podcast. But on that note, Waleed, let's let's jump right into it because we've got a really important uh, conversation at yeah. hand. Nick is saying hello from YouTube. Good morning, Nick. Thanks so much for up, chiming in from Eugene. And uh, we're going to talk today about how to not just to price ourselves <clears throat> as photographers, but to do so for the sake of profitability. That may seem like an obvious kind of addendum there, but uh, I can even say from personal experience as somebody who didn't have uh, much training as a business person that I made mistakes as well in pricing myself uh, in the earlier years. And so I'm glad that we're, we're tackling this, but what is it that about this particular topic that you are so passionate about? What, like why, why is it that you feel kind of the um, inclination to talk about this and bring this to the front of minds for photographers? Sure, um, and this is very important, you're correct. So the most simple, simple way to put it is photographers, we do everything, we are, as incredible as our egos tell us we are, we are. Um, you cannot launch a book without something that we've done. You cannot launch a music project with a major artist or a soon-to-be major artist without our work. You cannot get a promotion because people judge you on LinkedIn or you cannot get a new job. You can't even start your new life. Uh, maybe you're going back into the dating pool and you're jumping on the apps without our work. You literally cannot open a restaurant without taking beautiful photos of your menu. You cannot do a single thing. You cannot, there is not a store, there is not a business that hasn't benefited from photography. And I want photographers to understand their contribution because we don't necessarily act that way when we wanna be fairly compensated. We act like the opportunity is payment enough. And that's not the case at all. Mm. You cannot launch these multi-billion dollar industries without us period, point blank. So you go into it with that energy, of course, kindness, um, and there's good ego and there's bad ego. I'm saying go with a good ego of like, know your value, know your worth, know that industries rely on your particular way of seeing the world and they can't do it without you. So that deserves to be fairly compensated. I like that. And I don't think I've heard it quite explained that way before. Um, you know, it's, it's easy in our culture. We, we hear about this, we hear this phrase, know your worth. And um, I, I don't yeah. want to follow that rabbit trail too far, but it's very easy to just kind of spout those words off without any objective awareness of the value that we do bring to the picture. 
And it's really interesting, I mean, especially from a commercial standpoint, when you think about the value, as you pointed out, that photographers do add to that particular industry, uh, there's no question that they have every right to demand uh, a, a fair mm -hmm. payment for their services. But this also holds true when it comes to the significance of investment in portrait photography and wedding photography as well. 100%. And I think even more than, honestly, more than commercial. Because, yeah, commercial, like, you'll see an ad, you'll drive by a billboard, it's gone in a second. But those, first of all, wedding photography is like a whole different beast. Like, if you're a wedding photographer and you're good, like, you are some of the best photographers in the world. Um, just because you have no choice. But they're walking down the aisle that one time and you better get it, you know? Um, and there's so much personality and management and everything and human behavior. But a long time ago, somebody, every photographer listening to this, whether it's live or later on in recorded message, somebody lied to you and said that you can't love what you do and make money from it. And then we believe that. And then we pass that on and we keep damaging further generations of artists. So, yeah, just to confirm what you said, very, very much so, even more so with personal photography, because you're painting the history for future generations. For people that haven't even been born yet, they're going to rely on your work to remember their family history. And we should be proud of that and then price ourselves yeah. accordingly. We're going to talk about how to do that here in just a second. Uh, Casey says, howdy from Colorado, chiming in from Facebook. Thanks, Casey. And views of you photography from YouTube. Thanks for saying hello as well. And again, for those of you that are live streaming with us, don't be shy. Not only saying hello, but asking questions and commenting along the way as we get into this topic at hand. Was there a certain point, Waleed, that you realized in your photography career that you needed to, to kind of shift your mentality <clears throat> and your approach to pricing yourself? Ooh, okay. I started working with people who understood their value. So I started, um, I, I worked with Madonna right off the bat. So I was one of her assistants. And so, you know, she's notorious for charging whatever she wants for her world tour. And she keeps breaking her own records of like selling out stadium after stadium. And she's, and when people question her on her prices, she's like, I'm worth it. And I know that's a little bit arrogant, but I saw her hiring people who claim their value. And then those people work with other people who did exactly the same. So I had a really, really good education in, um, in finding your value right off the bat. Mm. But I also think to myself, and I don't know if every, I mean, obviously not every listener is going to relate to this, but I'm a refugee from war zone in Afghanistan. So my mom and dad did not put their lives at risk for me to undercharge. Wow. Simple way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that, okay. That's powerful in and of itself. And honestly, I, yeah. I guess there's little to add to that. Um, I, I did want to say too, to your commentary about Madonna, it's, it's tough to, uh, I guess, find a better source of inspiration mm -hmm. and information when it comes to perspective about this particular topic than one of the most successful artists, musical artists ever. Right. Um, yeah. And and I think when, when you were talking about the difference between good ego and bad e ego, the way I'm kind of categorizing that in my mind and t tell me your thoughts, Willie, but it good ego is being confident in the your abilities, number one, but then the value, the objective value that you add to the person that you're serving with your services. The bad ego is is looking down on someone else or a group of people as less than you. Right. Would, would that be kind of a clear distinction? That's my definition of it, too. 
Okay. Yeah. And that good ego is going to be like, oh, you don't think I could do this? Watch me. And the bad ego is like, yeah, just looking down on any other human, which is gross. <laughs> Again, yeah. well summed up, nothing to add there. Yeah. Let me ask you another question then here. As, as we're getting into kind of breaking down uh, how to go about the process of, of pricing ourselves, you seem very adamant about package pricing versus yeah. a la carte pricing. Um, and I'm curious if you'd explain your perspective on why you feel one is advantageous or better than the other. Totally. And just for the audience, if you guys see my eyes shifting a little, I did write notes because I want to make sure that I cover everything and it's important that we try to educate as many people as possible. But the difference between package and a la carte or just the hourly pricing is there's two kinds of vendors, photo, video, whatever it might be. There are those that serve an experience. And the clients that really respect your wage really respect and experience. They go to these all-inclusive vacations. They, they want to go to a restaurant and just experience everything. They don't necessarily want to waste time hopping around town looking for the latest bargain. Now, that doesn't mean that any one person is better or worse than the other. It's just two different kinds of behaviors. So ideally, I would love for photographers or videographers too to serve the type of clients that's going to respect their wages. Um, generally, those are the package kind of people. They want experience. They want to know I'm going to come in and they're not looking at every, they're not looking at their watch. They're looking at the experience. How am I going to feel after this? And those are the people that are going to start referring them. So uh, versus like a la carte versus hourly, those people are loyal to the discount, not necessarily the artist. Package, mm. they're loyal to the, you know, the the photographer, the experience, or loyal to the, no, dis, no shade to Groupon, but like a Groupon discount type of situation. And so they're going to hop around. Those are not clients that you keep for very long. And then I actually just did a TikTok about this the other night, last night actually. Um, rich people hang out with rich people. Poor people hang out with poor people and middle class hang out with middle class. Again, they're all great humans, but it is difficult for a wealthy person to vacation with somebody not of the same socioeconomic level. They can't look at the same menus. They can't have the same excursions. They can't stay at the same hotels. The reason why I say that is because if you start with the people who really value hourly and that discount and they're chasing the high of that discount, they generally are going to befriend other people with the same type of behavior. So your referrals will always be to people who want that latest deal. On the flip side, the people that really respect your wage, they understand the work, they understand the experience, they hang out with, their kids play with, they vacation with, they share walls and their property with other people who may believe the same thing. So then you get referred to their circle. So that's just like the intro of why I think package is better than a la carte. And you never want to pin yourself down to an hourly. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this, and of course I know because like, so it's a conversation, but when you tell somebody your exact hour, then they'll start doing the math for you. And they'll say, well, wait a minute, if 
you're going to do this. How about we just cut this part out? And they start doing your budget for you. And so before you know it, your four hour package becomes two. And they're like, well, actually, I don't even need that much. Can we just do it with one? And then before you know it, you go from an hourly photographer to a minutely that's not even a word, but, or maybe it is. <laughs> we, we can use it. Photographer. <laughs> we can use it. Let's use it to make a point. Yeah. I like and it. that's, I, it's a dangerous path. Well, I, again, you're, you're kind of turning wheels in my brain here that maybe I haven't been <clears> turned <throat> quite this way before. So this is great. And I hope that, that the listeners are having a similar experience. Uh, Angelica is saying hello from YouTube. And again, for those of you listening in streaming with us, don't hesitate to ask questions here along the way, but it's interesting. A, a couple of things caught my attention. Willie. So first of all, that idea of having a package or offering a package yeah. where the, the consumer doesn't have to think about any of the details. They're just able to buy something that, in, I guess, for the sake of simple conversation, includes everything, right? Like when I think about going yeah. to, in fact, I just booked a, an all-inclusive vacation uh, for December and a, a few days away. An experience like that is so much, for me anyway, more enjoyable at this stage in my life where I can just pay a flat rate and know that everything is included. And when I get there, I don't have to think about it. The simplicity it. of that experience is just beautiful, right? And in my day-to-day -day life where I'm having to think, to juggle all these different details and moving parts and all the different brands that I'm associated with, the idea that I can just pay a flat rate, show up, and then I'm taken care of from there is a wonderful idea. So I love that, I guess that kind of idea that, that you've, you've uh, presented here. The other thing that caught my attention as well, maybe you can come back and come on in both of these, but. I think back to when I was photographing in, in a kind of a lower end segment of the market. Um, and and yeah. I don't say that in any, any way, like critically, There's, totally. everybody makes a certain amount of money and can afford a certain photographer. Right. But when I was shooting for, uh, let's say the a thousand to 2000 or even lower than that, under a thousand dollars when I first got started up to say maybe $2,000, $2,500, somewhere in that realm, the clients that I, I was working with at that point, ironically were a bit more demanding, despite the fact that I was not charging yes. as much. Whereas when you start to bump your prices up and you, and you work with a mid to high end client who has the financial freedom to be able to just kind of hand you a check and say, hey, take it away, do your thing. I want that package and, and we're good to go. The simplicity of that interaction, there, there's a very distinct difference between those segments of the markets and their behavior. So um, any kind of additional thoughts you want to add to, to either of those ideas? Well, you're correct. And congrats on your vacation. Like, where are you going first of all? <laughs> oh, just to wait, just to um, a resort in Mexico. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because you're interested in... Now, there are things that we shop in our lives. Like, let's say you're like, oh, I'll just get my toothpaste from Target versus another store because it's cheaper. Those things we don't really value. But those things are also not luxury items, right? Your vacation is a luxury item. And photographers, you are a luxury item, stop acting like you belong in a vending machine. So behave like a luxury item. And that's people. Uh, okay, let me actually add to this too. Don't ruin people's fantasy. So when I first started my career, uh, Eric Thompson, a producer, he um, that I worked with, he's like, you know what your problem is? And you always, you always know when somebody says they're like, Oh, God, it's gonna be this is going to hurt, right? And he said, um, you're too nice and you're ruining people's fantasies. And then, and I was like, what do you mean? He said, listen, you have photographed, like, I know that he's not popular at the moment, but like Kanye West, you know, Mariah Carey, uh, Christina Aguilera, all these different people. He's like, these are huge names. And people are now paying 
a certain amount of money to be able to say, I shot with a photographer that shot so-and-so. And he said, so when you're like, Mr. Oh, sure, of course, like super humble and, and you don't kind of give that, that performance for them, not to say be rude, but a little more demanding, like, sorry, we're not starting until the makeup is perfect. So let's just go back, take 10 more minutes. You're not, you know, you're a little more demanding. They almost hold on to that. And like, oh, did you see that? He must be amazing on set. So they kind of, it's a fantasy. At the same time, let's say you're a wedding photographer. And they're like, this lady or this man photographed for so-and-so bridal magazine. They photographed for this resort, this destination. And now you finally got the ring on your finger. And you finally are able to plan this dream wedding. And it might be first, second, or third, whatever, but it's a dream wedding for that moment, right? And you want to pay a little bit more, believe it or not. Because when you don't pay uh, a high rate for something, you don't appreciate it. People, like if you think about, um, like I said, Target or Walmart a minute ago for toothpaste. We'll go to those stores for your day-to-day -day things. You're like your toothpaste, uh, lotion, or things like that that don't really matter. We don't brag about that. We don't really like show off and say, oh, this Colgate is from Target. We don't do that. But your wedding cake, your tuxedo, your your veil, your gown, uh, those really special things that are unique and one of a kind and maybe one time in your life, we brag about it. This cake is from this gallery, or excuse me, this bakery. This, tux, uh, this is a Vera Wang dress. And so people want to brag about it. This is their moment. So who are you to ruin their fantasy by charging a little bit? Did that go on a complete tangent, but I stand by it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, it, yeah. and actually I want to use this kind of as a segue then to, to move yeah. in the direction of kind of practical application. We're, we're going to talk about principles that photographers should consider in the process of developing these packages in a second. But I, a lot of our focus <clears throat> and conversation today here is about profitability. You've yeah. shared the significance of packages um, for the sake of customer experience. And, and ultimately working with that segment of the marketplace who wants or is willing to pay the premium for that experience to be able to brag about it like you were talking about. But what is it about packages specifically that enables photographers to be more profitable than selling a la carte? Because I think for the average individual, average consumer, the assumption is a package is a discounted, right? We pull together multiple pieces and we put it together in a package and there's some kind of innate discount built into that. Is that not the case? Yes, there is. But here's the thing. A package does not pin you to anything. Nobody likes to be pinned, not the creative, not the client. So a package is like this thing, this big experience, this experiential that people are, are investing into. So that's the first one. A package establishes value. Like you as an artist, you are establishing this value. You're not pinning yourself to a price tag like you would on a store shelf like I am. $89 per hour, you know, and people are like, oh, that's a little, they start judging your hourly versus your work. A package allows you to be a, a super positive experience. It also um, lets you have wiggle room without punishment. So when you charge hourly, like I said, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, people look at their watch like, oh, we have 11 more minutes. 
a package is like, hey, for example, I'm shooting something for NPR in about a week and a half. And it's like, it's a six to eight hour shoot. That was, that's what I consider a full day shoot, but it may go to 10 hours. They don't know. They know that they're getting this experience with me and my crew. I don't have to say, oh gosh, we have like, like another two hours to go. What are we going to do? No, when we get the job done, we are done or we keep going until we have that. A package allows you to um, give people options. So like when you are hourly, this is what it is. It's a finite number. It's this is how much I charge per hour. People start doing math for you, but a package allows you to go medium or low, medium and high. It Mm. gives a client a choice. When I say people don't like to be cornered, I always, always will tell photographers, if you don't give them three options, you're doing a great disservice. If you tell a client, this is how much it's going to cost, it builds like this resentment towards you because they feel cornered they're like it's this or nothing a package in uh like promotes conversation a package promotes the ability for them to upgrade where an hourly price doesn't and i will Mm. just say one quick thing about the hourly too and there's so much more but hourly is okay after you established your value in a package so if somebody is a wedding photographer and they're like, okay, I have a six hour package and you don't want to do the six to eight hour kind of thing that I do. Then you could say it is this, let's just say $8,000 for six hours. Each additional hour is built by a 30 minute increment and it is $400 per hour. At that point, it's okay because they love you so much that they're like, stay another 30 minutes, stay another one hour. But you've already established that you're not an hourly vending machine type of photographer. Well, as you were talking, I'm right. You may see me looking down, taking notes here in a notebook. But um, mm-hmm. it, the experience versus value of work, in my mind, is kind of what stuck out. Is, is when we're comparing packages to a la carte pricing, the, right. the packaging or the package pricing allows us to be able to build into every one of our packages. We give them options, and we'll actually come back to that here in a second. But into every one of those packages, we're building an experience which is a a better reflection of our brand than somebody yeah. coming along and saying, I want this and this and this. They're essentially di- dictating the experience at that point. Um, and so I love that that comparison contrast. And as you were talking there, uh, Chris said on Facebook, how many packages should a photographer have? I assume three is safe without overcomplicating things for the client. You actually commented on that. Waleed, anything you want to add to that notion of three different packages? Yes. Yeah. Uh, great question. Thanks for asking that. So I always say uh, some people call it price anchoring. So there's a variety of names for it. So and I, and I teach this in my course and all that. So I would say, let me, where's my hand on screen? I would say start with something really low um, that is still going to be profitable for you. For example, um, j- just for easy math, you guys do not charge this amount, charge more. Let's just say for four hours, it is five hundred dollars. And you get like four pictures and that's it. Super easy. You can book these all day and they become profitable because it's about quantity. The second package should be substantially higher, substantially higher by offering incremental benefits. So for example, if this one is four hours and four photos for 500 bucks, the middle one should be like six hours five photos 
and $950. It doesn't even make sense. If a person has like their thinking cap on, they're like, this doesn't make sense. It's a massive jump with a tiny bit of an increase in what I'm getting. But then comes package number three, and that's your highest tier one. So if the first one was, um, Nathan, what was my price? Is 400, 950? Is you that what it. it was? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. The second one should be like 1,050 or 1,100 bucks. It's a small change, sure. but you're going to offer so much more. You're going to say, um, you're going to get. 10 photos, you're going to get them in color. You're also going to get them in black and white. You're going to get an online gallery, which we all give anyways, but you're going to get an online gallery and you're going to get a gallery for your guests to view without all the private photos. You're going to get a, a five of your favorite photos already cropped for Instagram and what other, whatever other social platform you want to use. And you're going to get maybe two prints. Every single person is going to do the selling for you. So you don't have to sell a single thing. Mm. They saw a low, they saw a medium, and then they saw something just a little bit more offering you a whole bunch more. Every single person is going to say, who would be dumb enough to pick package two? I'm going to go to package three. It completely makes sense. Okay. Now, what if they don't? What if they go for package number two? They accepted it. It's like, there's a lot of money for you, a little bit of work. You can always nudge them to package number three once they put their deposit and you can say, hey, you know, just for like 150 bucks extra, you can get so much more, something to think about. And what if they pick the lowest package one? That's okay. That doesn't take a large time commitment for you. For example, it's four hours, four photos. You can get those done in the same day. So they do become profitable and it's a nice starter it's a nice like appetizer for them to taste your talent and your experience and they'll come back for a bigger package so i hope that helps a little bit it does yeah and chris said okay it encourages them to go for that higher tier and yeah wally the way that you broke that down was super simple and easy to understand and very practical so i, I appreciate that and thanks chris for jumping yeah. in and for anybody else who's live streaming with us again don't be shy ask questions comment along the way um so let's actually get then to First of all, three principles. You mentioned to me ahead of time that there are kind of three principles you were going to share regarding how photographers should approach this process of developing their packages. Can you break that down, those three principles down for us? Sure. One of them I just went through, which was the really low, the ridiculous middle price, and then the barely, barely more expensive top tier. So I went through that. The second one is always put yourself in their shoes. So people are hiring you, whether you're doing commercial or you're doing personal photography or anything, really. They're hiring you because out of ego, like so there's that ego topic again. They want to be the hero. So you have to get into the position of how can I make this person reaching out to me into a hero. Sometimes it's the groom and the only job he has is to find the photographer. She will pick the final one and to find the DJ. Okay. Look like the hero to your fiance. Maybe it's an ad agency and it is a lower ranking associate. Like maybe it's an associate producer who wants to get that promotion, who wants to get the bonus. How do you make them look like the hero? 
So every package should be already about 70, 75% predetermined, and then you customize each one. Take the extra hour or two because you're gonna make so much more money by customizing and saying, okay, where do I think this person is? I use a sheet that, I mean, I use a sheet that I, I, I provide for my students and stuff too, but I use that every single time. Questions that I ask them, I wanna find out more so you want to ask these questions. What's the uh, point of the shoot? What do you hope the audience um, thinks about once they see the final photo? Do you want them to be jealous? Do you want them to try to be like you? Do you want them to go, wow, I've never seen anything like this? Who is the final decision maker? Um, what is the most amount you want to spend on a budget? And then of course, you're going to give them the best within that budget. If you really interview the person, I promise you, you are going to be in the top 10% not as a basically 90% of people will not be asking the amount of questions that they're just going to be telling you. Here's mm. how it is. And here's how I do. It, and I picked up photography and I love long walks on the beach and I love kids and I love Canon. I don't like Nikon and all these different things. Nope. <laughs> be quiet and listen to them. Mm -hmm. They will give you the entire recipe for success. So put yourself in their position. And then based on that, say, how can I help this person become the hero? in their situation. And if you help them become the hero, they will come to you again and again and again, and they will grow with you every single time because it's about the ego. Okay. The other, let me know if you want to jump into that and I'll, before I go into the third. No, feel free. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, thank you. So uh, an author by the name of Ron Baker, he talks a lot about pricing and he says, look for the double Thank yous. And this is really important if you know where your package, um, you're like, am I overpriced? Am I underpriced? Look for the double thank you. If you've ever been ripped off by, let's say, a home contractor, uh, a plumber, somebody that comes in and you're like, oh my God, I thought it was going to be like 250 bucks, end up being $900. When you give them the check or you give them your credit card number, they say thank you. Generally, you don't say thank you back. You're like, thanks, but it's doesn't come from within. Mm. But if you go to Starbucks and you pay $5 for an overpriced coffee, uh, sorry, my I glitched a little on my screen, so I want to make sure it caught up. Am I good, Nathan? You're all good. Yeah, no worries at all. Okay, thank you. Um, let's say you go and you're like, I, I'm okay with the value of this $5 specialty drink at Starbucks. So when they give it to you, they're like, thank you. You're like, thank you. It's like, a, it's a different kind of thank you because you're happy to make that exchange because they're going to benefit and you're going to benefit by one of your favorite drinks. So if you're not getting the double thank you, your price is not in the right place. And there's things you have to look at, but aim for the double thank you when you plan your packages where they're like, they give you that deposit and you're like, you say, thank you. They're like, no, thank you. I'm so excited. You're perfectly priced. Um, one more tip on sure. this one too. Apple minus this iPhone 14, uh, they've lowered their production, but also read the room, Apple, we're in a recession, you know, um, Apple does this generally very well with their iPhone. When the consumer complains about the price, but they still pay for it, you have found the pinnacle of like the perfect, perfect price point mm. for you. They complain, but they still understand your value and they're like okay interesting you cannot push it one dollar more than that though 
Okay, this is good. And, and again, I was taking notes as, as you were going through. So that first step then in, in this process of developing a package is, is the way that you broke down the low, ridiculously middle or ridiculously priced middle and then the slightly higher top package. And, yeah. and I, again, I really love that approach. I think that's great and super practical for our listeners. The second idea was to put yourself in their shoes and, and enable them to be the hero of the story, uh, a la Donald yeah. Miller, I think. It sounds familiar. Yes, and um, and for anybody who's listening in who's not read Building a Story Brand, you definitely need to. But but uh, I, I hear you there. And then the third point was to look for the double thank you. So what I'm curious about in all of this, though, is are you creating custom packages for each client as, as opposed to establishing packages ahead of time that they just have to pick from? 100%. Interesting. 100%. So, so I do commercial. So it's a little bit different than, let's say, a wedding photographer. Um, I think that if you're a wedding photographer, if you're a family photographer, personal things, about 75% develop your packages. And then based on that first call, that first interview, fill in the other 25% that feels like, oh my gosh, this person gets us. Like they actually listened to my answers and then the, cus the package is custom. Most of our photo packages match the other person, the other photographers. It's that final 20 or 25% that makes you different. And but in my commercial photography, if anyone's curious about that, it is all across the board because for us, licensing usage comes into play. So mm. I want to know, is it a billboard? Is it international? Is it how many territories? All right. these other things. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't... There's... I didn't normally anyway create custom package for my wedding clients. I can see the value in, in the way that you're describing it here, which is is truly to serve that individual client based on their needs, their desires. We've had the opportunity to begin to get to know them and we're creating something um, that is specific, that is custom to them. And that would probably more likely drive that, as you say, the double thank you at the end of the day. Um, but it's something to consider. I guess the only, and maybe I'm thinking too much like a, uh, a person with less money in this context. But when I think about somebody creating a custom package for me in that particular moment, there's this apprehension that I get, which is like, oh, are they going to like knowing now what I make or having an idea of what my budget is? Are they going to try to screw me over, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, in the process of creating a custom package just for me? I, there, there's that, that, that kind of cynicism, I guess, the defensiveness on my part how do we overcome that? Or is it that you're just working with clients who trust you enough to begin with that that's not an issue? Uh, God, I love this question. Okay. Number one, if you're getting a referral, they already trust you. They're already halfway mm. through that door. Okay. okay. Number two, there are no more secrets. They have already vetted you more than you would imagine. Okay. Um, Except for LinkedIn, because LinkedIn's a snitch and lets you know when they land on your profile. But they okay. have vetted you. They have seen your tweets. They have done your. They have seen what you've been tagged in and everything. That's the second thing. So have faith that bet on yourself that they're gonna love you. Also, this is why I say three prices. So NPR, I, I'm gonna work with them very soon. I said to the producer, "What is the maximum amount?" that you guys can spend. And I said, that doesn't mean we're going to match it. That just means I need to create packages to give you the most amazing photo shoot within that. So that means, okay, we may not have four locations. We might have two locations and that's okay. I'm still going to like break my back on those two locations and make sure that you have the best images. I don't treat anybody 
different because they may not have the same amount of money or someone has more. It's just about helping them fit into a box. So I reassure them and I speak with them. The other thing is the three packages. It allows them to say, so if someone says my maximum is $10,000, maximum, I cannot spend a penny more than that. Give them something for um, like $7,500. So they know that you're not trying to take every single dollar and they have a, a way out and they don't feel cornered. Give them something for like 9200 and then give them something for a tiny, tiny bit above the 10000 They have a choice. And you, I always say these are three packages that I think would, you know, really, really serve you well. If you feel we are in between one of the two packages, let's have a conversation. So it's, you're always like, Oh, showing the receipts and taking care of them through the whole thing. That's why I think it has to be custom if you want the higher rates. Okay, that makes sense. And, and I guess if they are coming in already trusting you, it's one thing. Um, I, the, the, I think the best analogy that I can think of is when you go to look at pricing for software online these days, a very common mm -hmm. thing that happens is you click on pricing and then it says call such and such number and we'll get on and then you have to schedule a call and you have to get on a call and talk to somebody to actually get the prices and to me that's annoying that's frustrating i just want to know off the bat like what is it what is it that's going to cost because at that point again it feels like they're going to try to create a package specific to me and squeeze as much money out of me as possible versus i know what it costs and i can either choose to go with this particular brand or not and just make that very simple choice does that make sense? Again, maybe too much cynicism on my part. It absolutely makes sense. And that annoys me too. <laughs> okay. And, um, but you're not selling a soulless software. You're an mm. artist. Okay. And people are allowing you into their, we get treated differently. And the other thing too is you're reassuring them. So uh, if I, not for the commercial photographers, for the personal photographers, I do recommend that you do at least pre-qualify and say packages start at that way. People are like, oh, packages start at 7,000. Yeah, I was going to spend three. Okay, so I'll just move on to the next thing. So hmm. they already have been pre-qualified. Okay, that makes sense. So giving them at least a starting point, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and Jakevius on YouTube says, Mr. Walid is preaching today. Agreed. I love the, the very practical conversation and advice. And, and on that note, actually, I want to, before we talk about steps that photographers should should take to uh, well actually just generally speaking we're going to talk about how to explain pricing and this is a very kind of fascinating yeah. angle uh, to this topic on pricing to me you you assert that photographers should be able to explain their pricing to their clients the last thing that I, that I would want to do, in fact, I can't even think of a time that I really had to do this, a uh, specific instance that I had to do this as a wedding photographer, but I don't want to have to go explain my pricing to clients. You're saying photographers should be able to. Can you first just start with your perspective? Like, where does that come from? What's the motivation of that thought process? Uh, which which one exactly wait why just, it feels what, uncomfortable to explain pricing or well just why photographers should be able to explain pricing in general so what is the what is the purpose behind a photographer being able to break down their pricing to a client why does that conversation even need to happen well number one you're not a crook so you're going to show your receipts of what we're not in the business to rip people off we're in the business to add to people's lives so why not have an honest conversation about it and also because not enough people are honest that it's going to help you stand out 
right?、Mm. You're going to be at the top of that pyramid. Okay. Most people don't speak honestly. If you look at social media, oh, I got this car, and it's like, oh, I got a manicure, but coincidentally, the Mercedes Benz. Emblem is right behind the fingernails. Everyone's like bragging, and it's like it's so refreshing to have an honest conversation with people、uh, that it helps you stand out. Okay? okay. The other thing is, we as a community, photographers have done a phenomenal job of driving our occupation down to the ground. We are fighting. This is why I'm so passionate about this. We're the only occupation. I I can't think of another one that is fighting. To reach the bottom of the barrel, I'll do for cheap. I'll do for cheaper. I'll do for cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. You know, it's insane. It's embarrassing, and I really want to stop that.、Mm. So have a conversation about price and and show your value. So we have taught. Okay, I'm going on a tangent. Let me bring it right back. Clients don't value a lot of photographers because we haven't acted valuable. And we、um, show things like through a quick app. Like if you look on TikTok, there's a before and after. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You just trained your client to think that this was done through an app in two seconds. Why should they pay something for that? You know,、mm. they don't understand how much work and effort and strategy and planning it takes to take a beautiful photograph. So. Explain this to them, and you don't have to say, "Well, let me explain my prices to you." It's just throughout the process, you sprinkle a little bit of explanation here, a little bit there, a little bit there. Together, it tells the whole story, and it helps you stand out from the crowd of people who rely on a LUT or a plugin, and they just push a button. There are chefs, and there are people who put things in a microwave. There are artists and photographers. There are people who just push a button because they think it's easy.、Mm. I know that that's a divisive statement, but I just stand by.、It. If you're listening to this podcast, if you want to be better, you clearly have defined yourself already as an artist, somebody that wants to grow, somebody that wants to contribute to the community. So explain to them the three processes: pre-production, production, and post-production. So when I speak to somebody, I'll say, "Great." Thank you so much for answering these questions. I know it took about twenty minutes of your time. I appreciate it. So this is going to help me build the perfect package for you, and it's going to take me about a day to do that. Is that okay? They always say yes. You're going to surprise them, not just with that pricing package, but also at least a one or two page mood board that comes with that, and they're like, "Whoa, this is different than anybody else."、Mm. And you're going to explain and say. So when they talk to you, you're gonna say, "So I looked at some of your Instagram photos, and I and I thought about what you said, and so I realized you want this very whimsical,、um, like wheat field type of vibe. So I think that we should. So I took the liberty to go on Google Maps Street View and scout some locations, as some of us do, and I found this place. I think it'd be perfect." And I also think that based on the sun's location right now, we should really shoot at 3 p.m. to about five, and we get that beautiful low sun that gives you that back glow. Okay, that's what I'm saying by explain. You don't、mm. have to say, "Well, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this." You're 
telling them the process. And in the process, you're letting them know that they matter to you. You're letting them know that you're not a vending machine that just drops a photo for them when they want, that you're truly an artist. You're letting them know that you care about them. And so you never have to sell. I know that's cliche. You never ever have to sell. The way you do your packages, the way you speak to the client respectfully, they're going to sell you to themselves. So, and I have kind of mixed feelings on, on this as you're talking, so I, this is a totally. good conversation. Um, because you're, you're talking about the, you know, just being able to put a filter or a LUT on, onto the video or the image that you're creating, um, that the simplicity of that kind of before, after, and giving the impression that it is easy to, to accomplish that. Yeah. And the honest conversation is that actually it really is easy these days to create a decent image. So what's the balance then between that objective reality? I mean, in fact, I actually just, well, um, and I don't actively photograph a whole lot anymore, but I just did a shoot recently where I took my um, uh, fancy camera, just to use the, the language, mm -hmm. but to use a, a DSLR. And, and then I also took my phone and I shot the session using both. And I have to say that straight out of the device, the images coming from my iPhone were significantly better and even difficult sure. lighting conditions than what I was seeing come out of my you know, expensive, fancy, so-called professional camera uh, in some instances. Yeah. And that that's, I mean, I've known a, this is the reality for, for some time, but it continues to get even better. And it was really eye-opening and um, in, in some ways kind of exciting, but what, what it forces yeah. us to do, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast here for some time, is to improve, to up the ante with the, the overall experience. So when I hear you talking about going through the process, walking the client through, not the, the mundane logistical issues that are our responsibility, yeah. they don't care about that, but essentially creating awareness and managing their expectations proactively about what this process looks like. The fact that yeah. we would even take the time to do that, to, to create that mood board, and to so proactively manage their expectations about this process, to me that adds to the experience. And, and the experience yeah. is actually the, the, the difference maker, especially as technology continues to improve. And the reality is that it is easy to throw a filter on something and look, make it look good, or that we can take a good picture with our phone. What are your yeah. thoughts on, on that? The line, I guess, between the two and, and being able to maintain that sense of honesty? I definitely know what you mean. And yeah, the iPhone does some amazing things and there's a place for that. But if you want AI to eat up your business, continue just doing what the iPhone can do. AI right now cannot do what you can do as an artist. So like you said, you went in with your fancy camera, the DSLR, and you went and took a beautiful photo. If I was to stand next to you and take that camera from you and hold it. There is no way that I can shoot exactly what you can shoot. I, I guess what I'm saying is, yes, everyone has an iPhone or a decent camera on their phone. They can't see the world the way you see the world. Mm. And that's what we're billing for. Okay. Everyone has a Nikon, a Canon, a Sony, a Fuji, or Hasselblad if they're very well off, right? And Whatever camera you can get, your client can buy a second camera, uh, two or three of those. If you're working in a commercial world, they can buy a hundred of those cameras. Whatever you can get, they can borrow, they can rent. They could never, ever be you. So you have to overwhelm them with you through the whole process. They're coming for you. They're not coming for your 2470 lens. They're coming because they want to see the world through your eyes. 
And that's why I say talk to them. That's what AI at the current time cannot replace. That's how you're going to stand out. Um, I will also say too, though, that I had a thought and it just escaped, but yeah. I well, no, I understand, I understand the direction <laughs> you're going there, the significance of certainly our own personality, our perspective. Yeah. Um, what's the third P we can run with here, but it, to, to alliterate, but yeah, yeah. The, the personality, the perspective, and then ultimately the experience. If we had a P word for experience, that'd be awesome. But that's ultimately what we're trying to, to create, which will enable us to stand out yeah. Uh, yeah. beyond the, the AI, because that, that's really what it comes down to. You're absolutely right. It's, I mean, the phones, the lenses aren't all that great. The hardware itself isn't all that impressive, but the AI is doing all that hard work, the heavy lifting behind the scenes. And I mean, it's just staggering to see what comes out of that phone without it's any insane. kind of post-production work, right? So we, it, yeah. we, it, the onus is on us as the photography industry to continue to up the ante when it comes to the experience. If we're going to charge, especially those that are going to be charging a premium rate, I think it's really, really important. We've got some, some more comments from uh, YouTube. Jakevius is saying this process places you at the top when you can break down your pricing with awareness as a photographer, if necessary, it enhances a valued experience. Uh, Patrick says, these are great tips. I think going rate, city area you're in, and self-awareness of your ability factors in initially, though perhaps that's assumed going into this conversation. Um, and, and then he also says, they're coming for you, the world through your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that is, it's a good perspective to maintain, but we have to be aware of the experience that we're creating. I think that's a, a good way to sum up that conversation. Yeah. Wait, man, we could park here for a long time. I want to keep the conversation moving because we just have a few minutes left here. We, we've talked about the significance of being able to explain our pricing. And, and I like that honesty uh, that we're leading with, the, the, the honesty and the transparency. I think that's really wonderful. A few steps, like next actions, next steps for photographers in this process of explaining their process to their clients. Maybe you've already alluded to a few of them in this conversation, but can, can we outline those for our listeners? When we're explaining our prices? Yeah, I th you mentioned to me I, beforehand, I think that you had kind of four steps that photographers might take yeah. in this process of explaining those those pricing. Sure, they're like four independent things. Number one, uh, never defend your value, present your value. And, you know, and, and what I mean by that is just if someone's curious, don't say, well, I'm charging this much because so-and-so down the street is charging that much too. And really that's a going rate. Nope, you lost. This is my price. You don't have to say take it or leave it, but the energy should say that. Okay, so that's the first thing. Never, ever apologize for your value, ever. If you apologize for it, if you say it apologetically, if you say it with kind of a question form, you already lost. Mm. Okay, the second one is this. Water, okay? Literally get in the habit of bringing a bottle of water with you to a client meeting. Say your price and then open up the cap and take a small sip and be quiet. And then take a small sip when you want to talk again and keep sipping. Because what happens is many times we as photographers will bargain ourselves down on behalf of the client before they could even do it. We're like, well, you know, I mean, I know I said $8,000, but I mean, I know that times are a little bit hard. So I can come down to like seven if you want. And they're like, wait, what? You know, and literally when I learned this tip, you will see me in a meeting with a bottle of water. I'm like, oh, it is this much money. And I'm like, start sipping. And then the awkward silence makes them make a decision. Mm. It works 
so well, y'all. And it's good for your skin. It's hydrating and all that. Okay, so um, sip water. Be <laughs> Multiple quiet. Multiple benefits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't sabotage yourself. The third one is um, add a structure with the new economy in mind. So... Yes, we are going to recession. Some people deny the recession. Whatever the opinion is, things are shifting. Um, know that people still want value. They just need a little bit more help. So allow, think of it right now as, okay, um, how can I make this easier for a family of four or five that really wants new Christmas porches? How can I make it easier? Can I give them... Um, an incredible offer if they bring a friend along with them and I shoot two families back mm. to back. Can I give them a payment system? Again, we're not selling. Literally, if you can think, how can I serve humanity? Humanity will serve you right back. If it, it I swear by that. Serve them and they will serve you right back. Most Agreed. people, there's that 1% that's like rotten humans. 99% of people are really, really good. And literally just make it easier for them as we go into harder times they still deserve christmas cards they still deserve their hanukkah cards they still deserve uh new portraits of this brand new little human in their home they still deserve amazing wedding photography or something for their business just hold their hand a little bit more be more compassionate to them and then um really as far as like a fourth tip or three and a half really is that no, I just devalued my tip. So let me take that back. Uh, the fourth, <laughs> the fourth tip is, you have to talk to yourself, and just say nobody, not not even I. Like like I said, Nathan, like you and I can go shoot the same model, same light, same camera. Literally, give it to me. I cannot get what you can get, no matter how hard I try. I could never ever be you, and you really really have to double, triple, quadruple down on that, and. Even scientifically, we have different fingerprints. I cannot ever be you. That's what people are paying for. Allow them to celebrate you um, and just go, how can I be different? And in one way you can be different than, and I don't want to say competition than your peers, is have a date with, with yourself two times a year. Take yourself out to coffee, sit down at your Starbucks or coffee bean or what, mom and pop, Make a list, put yourself in the shoes of a competitor, even though I like to work with competitors, and, but for the moment, put yourself in the shoes of a competitor and try to put yourself out of business. And go, huh, Nathan doesn't offer this, and that's weird because this is a new trend. He doesn't offer that. If I like, and just be Nathan's competitor and just go, okay, so we need to incorporate this into the video to be better than him, to serve the clients better. Whatever's on your list, pick one, maybe two things, incorporate that into your business before your competition does it for you on their own behalf, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I actually want to come back to that, but just to kind of review for everybody who's listening yeah. in and wants to take notes. Um, number one, never defend your value, share your value, and, and certainly do so confidently. Number two is uh, to allow, I, the way I wrote it down was allow silence to encourage the sale. And, and yeah. you, you and I were actually talking beforehand, Well, I, I said I'm just terrible at saying too many words, and it's something I'm actively working at. 
uh, I guess more value, less words, right? Is, is kind of the summation mm -hmm. of that. But it's very easy, especially if we're uncomfortable with ourselves even, to try to fill the silence with additional words. And in this case, that could be prohibitive uh, to making a really great yeah. sale. And so I like deal. that. Number three, add pricing structure with the, the current economy in mind. And that speaks pretty loudly for itself. But coming back to this number fourth point, maintain, I just wrote down maintain confidence and personal ability. But it's very, it's, again, it's a, there's this kind of trend there has been now for a number of years in our culture, which is to prop ourselves up, you know, make ourselves the, the unicorn or the unique butterfly. And, and I think we can take that too far. I love the very yeah. practical notion of looking at our, and, and I, I would say competition because our client is, is not, I understand community over competition. We don't want to minimize that from the, from the photography industry standpoint, but the reality is that for the consumer, we are competition, right? They're looking at various options and picking one yeah. of those options. So in order to, I guess, establish a certain amount of objective awareness about the value that we are actually adding to the marketplace versus whatever story that we're telling ourselves in our head, it's good to do kind of what you're alluding to, which is to research the market, see what everybody else around us is doing in order to be able to stand out above and beyond that competition, right? Yeah, yeah. and not only see what everyone else is doing, pretend you are your competition and sit there turn your phone off and go you're from the outside now looking in and going how can i put me out of business what can somebody else offer that i'm not how can somebody else make a better experience that i haven't done yet and then incorporate that and if you add one thing to your business like every six months you're golden you are really progressing in a really healthy rate. Wonderful. Well, I mean, again, this has been wonderfully practical, applicable conversation, and I, and I thank you for that. And, and on that note, you know, this is a pretty loaded topic to an hour doesn't really do it justice. For those yeah. that are curious to learn a little bit more about an opportunity to get help from you, I know that you offer education. I'm going to pop the site up on screen here for everybody. If you go to photographybusinesscourse.com, just like it sounds, um, you can learn a little bit more. But Wally, will you comment a little bit about what you're offering through that brand and through that site? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, well, there's my pricing course is called Step Secret to Easy Photography and then pricing. And I don't just give you practical tips and all the cheat sheets and worksheets, but also I break down to why you may think you don't deserve a certain rate, how you can get there, how you can start incrementally raising your rates, how you can continue growing. It's really, I know now that now that that's almost cliche to say, but it's the course I wish I had uh, when I started. And it's also, it's also the same pricing method I used when I first first started with weddings. And then I went into working with celebrities and global brands. It works. People are people. It's about the it's not just throwing a number out and saying, oh, that's my price. No, it's the psychology behind it. How do you make somebody feel comfortable with you? How do you make somebody see your value without saying, look at my value? So it's a course. And of course, there's one-on-one -on -one coaching too that they can opt for. Um, I appreciate you highlighting that. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, again, there's a lot of practical value here that you're adding to this conversation. So for, for those of you that are live streaming or not, if you go to photography business course, 
www.thepeakmentorship.com. For those of you live stream, you can see that on the screen. You can learn more and uh, reach out to Waleed. Waleed, I, I really appreciate you again, just leading such a practical conversation. It's been a really nice discussion. Thanks for sharing your time, your expertise with all of us here. Thank you for having this for the community. I think it's really, really, really important to have podcasts like yours. So I appreciate it. And for having me on. Oh, it's it truly my privilege. We'll, of course, link to Waleed's social media and websites in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Pop it up here on screen one more time. Waleed, W-A-L-I-D dot Azami, A-Z-A-M-I. And, uh, and then Waleed that Azami on, uh, of course, the website.com. And then photographybusinesscourse.com. We'll link to all these in the show notes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks Thank for you. chiming in today. Have an absolutely wonderful weekend.